This, I'm telling you, a story that was told a few years back. It's a true story. And the reason why I say it here tonight is because if you look, Moshe Rabbeinu was very, very, um, uh, how do you say, caring personality. His personality was, was fascinating and very caring. He saw another Jew. He saw another Jew getting beat up. So what did he do? What did he do? Does anybody in this room know what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He saw, he walked out of the palace, he saw a Jew getting beaten up. What did he do? He killed him. He killed the Egyptian. How did he do it? Shem Hashem? Over here, with Shem Hashem, you're not allowed to use Shem Hashem. I hope, I don't think anybody knows Shem Hashem over here to use it in order to do. But there's a Pima Kubalim and things like that. I told you once, the Arizal, the Arizal with his, was, was, was his Talmidim one night, it was a Friday night, and he told them, he lived in Tzfat, Arizal lived in Tzfat, and he told his, uh, his students, he said, you guys want to go to the Kotel tonight? Kabbalah Shabbat will come right back? So they're like, I don't know. And then finally like, okay. He said, well, it's already too late because uh, I had that Shem right there ready to go. We could have went and come back. Shemot Akdoshim, it's a very powerful situation. Moshe Rabbeinu knew it and he had to be very, very holy to use it. Moshe Rabbeinu used it to kill this Jew. That is uh, Egyptian. 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 Now, now, all of a sudden, we got a, uh, a rat. You know what do they call it? Snitches get stitches. Yes. You can't be a rat in life. I'm not joking. A Moser, his Olam Abba, if you're a snitch, one of the things of snitches is, Rambam says, He doesn't have a piece in Olam Abba. So you got to be careful. Sometimes, exactly. Says, why snitches? Get stitches. We're talking about a person calls, let's say for example, I know for a fact, but actually my parents, they were building something like a small uh, wall, a small wall. The guy behind admitted. The guy behind that, that admitted. By the way, I called 311, and 311 made sure that the entire, it wasn't even bothering him, and the entire wall had to get, uh, uh, um, uh, how do you say? Tore down, removed. It's so, it's so, so like so pathetic. You don't do those things to Jews. Okay, talk to the guy, listen, he's bothering me, he's not bothering me about things. There's a way to handle things. In any case, I told my parents, him, forgive him, you know, let him have a chilek lomaba, you know, let him, you know. But, but you have to be careful with, with um, um, Masrut. There was a story with the Gaon Mevilna. The Gaon Mevilna was one time, he was with a uh, caravan, carriage driver. There was a driving person with a, with a caravan on a carriage, and this guy, the guy who was driving, went out and actually went out to steal. He stole a, a few items like, uh, from the guy's field. And the, and, and the guy grabbed the stuff from the field, came back into the caravan. As he came back into the caravan, the owner of the field came out and said, I saw you stealing. He ran inside the caravan thinking that it was the Gaon the Vilna that stole. He pulled him out of the caravan and started him beating him down, punching him and punching. And it was the craziest thing that the Gaon Mivilna says himself. 
he was about to say, it wasn't me, it was that, it was the other Jew. He was about to say, so tight and he didn't say, and after that he survived, and he said, after that he said, wow, if I would have told on that guy, I would have came back, Hasbe Shalom is a gagul of a dog. You got to be careful, like it says, Moseb, you're not, you have to be careful. Sometimes people want to know what to do. Call the rabbi. Rabbi, I have a situation over here. This guy's bugging me out. This, I remember, there was a neighbor on my block that was affecting my house, actually. And I'll never forget, I, I, I walked into the contractor. I said, of course, heaven forbid, I would never ever do that on another Jew. Call 311. So I just said, listen, I'm trying to get in touch with you for three weeks about your job. You don't pick up, you don't answer my text, you don't do this. I told him, like, I told him, like, come on. I said, listen, if you're dealing with that, at least come to me, talk to me, this, this, this. You're ready, you're, 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 you're going over your border. You know, I could call through one. Not that I was, not that I was doing it. I just said, I could. Of course, I'm not doing that. So at that moment, he said, Jewish guy, religious guy, he told me at that second, he said, listen, I was in other job sites and other people called 311, we weren't doing anything illegal, and he told me personally, he said, very bad things happened to that person, whoever it was. But you have to be careful. Moser, you cannot be Moser in life. You can't have, uh, oh yeah, let me just call 311. If you want, call a rabbi, speak to a rabbi, rabbi, what's up, this is what's happening, I need your help over here, what should I do? You know what I'm saying? Throw it on the rabbi, let the rabbi try to handle. There's ways. The rabbi might say, take him to court. Okay, something else. The rabbi might give you that etet. That's fine. But they go, hey, oh, let me just call 311. Could be. The rabbi will give you etet. Could be. But be careful with those situations. In any case, they go ahead. They tell on who? The holy Moshe Rabbeinu. These guys. Stitches get stitches. What happened? They went and they told Paro. By the way, look. Moshe killed. An Egyptian. So... Another Egyptian went ahead to kill Moshe Rabbeinu. What happened? Anybody know what happened? He died too. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu's neck turned into stone. stone. The sword broke, Moshe Rabbeinu was still alive. Lani, <laughs> you hear? You hear what's going on? Crazy. Wild, wild thing. In any case, story time. There's a story that goes like this. Story that goes like this. A few years back, you know, sometimes in the army, after the Israelis finish the army, they go on a, like a trip. You, ever, you know what I'm talking about? Oh no, is this fresh for you guys? Or you guys knew that? I think, I think we have some guys in the army over here, no? That went? Anybody? Right? Hey, what is it called? Mesibat Shikur? Shikrur. Something, something on that order. I don't know, whatever it is. Whatever, whatever it is. Thailand, this guy goes that way. This person, this person was planning to go to Japan. True story that happened a few years back. He was going to Japan. What is it called? I don't know what it's called. Anyway, Japan. So he says like this. So he was going on his way to Japan. Okay? Very nice. Going to Japan. His friend got religious. And he says, I know you're going to Japan. Do me a favor. I'm begging you. One, one thing. One, one thing for me. Um, if I get you a meeting with the rabbi, he's going to speak with you. Would you go? 
He says, Rabbi, no Rabbi, stop with this, stop with, let me enjoy my vacation. He says, please, if I get you in touch with the Rabbi. He says, listen, you're my good friend. Out of respect for you, I'll go see the Rabbi. Now he goes to the Rabbi. Rabbi Mnebrak. And he tells the Rabbi Mnebrak, Rabbi, I have a guy, not religious. He's going to Japan. I need a favor for you. He says, what, what's the favor? I need you to try to make a He says, when do you want to do it? He says, what, Rabbi, when do you have time? He says, I give two, three shiurim. You pick me up from this shiur. When I travel down to the other shiur, bring him in the car. You'll drive me from here to here. And at that point, I will talk to your friend. And then after, I'll give my shiur. Beautiful, Rabbi. I'm in. What does he do? He goes ahead. He drives. That day, exactly that point, the rabbi gets in the car right after the shiur. The, the, the non-religious guy is in the back. His friend, this religious, religious guy that's driving, is in the, in the front seat. Beauty. What happens? They're sitting in the back. The rabbi tells them, do you know what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu? And he tells them the whole story about Moshe Rabbeinu. That Moshe Rabbeinu was Egyptian. After, he, after Moshe Rabbeinu killed the Egyptian, Paro sent another one to kill uh, a Moshe. And Moshe's neck turned into stone. And he survived. And then all of a sudden, he, the rabbi got to destination, and he walked out. So the rabbi wanted to give a shiur. So he says, the religious guy that was driving is like, I don't understand. Why the rabbi, why the rabbi, why the rabbi say, why the rabbi say that? That's what you say to Mekarev. Say Hashem is good. There's going to end it. Or there's going now. Say something. Like pump up the guy. If you do a mitzvah, you know what a mitzvah is? One reward, one mitzvah. It's like $100 billion. Say something. Somebody sent me a text, by the way, today. What happens with one word of Torah? One minute of Torah, what do you get? He gave me a whole description. It comes out to be, I don't know, 12, billion, 12 million mitzvah. I don't know how he got the cheshbon. But amazing. But I'm saying, tell him something like that. What is he telling him? Moshe Rabbeinu's neck turned into stone. That's what he said. So therefore, you never know. That's, that's life. You should know in life, you, 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 oh, you never know what's going to be. Hashem can save you anytime. That, that was the end of it. That's what you say to the guy. Say, say something. Kizuk. Anyway, what happens? P.S. Fast forward the story. This guy starts going to Japan for his chofesh, for his freedom. He goes out to Japan, comes out after a few months. He starts saying, you know what? I love it. I love it here. Japan is awesome, I'm staying. This is a true story. He says, you know what? I'm staying. He tells his family, I need to say chofesh, this, this, but I liked it, I'm staying a little bit. He stays, he ends up living in Japan for about a year or two. Then he finds a situation where he's a delivery guy. Part of the delivery guy is delivering packages of money to mafia. Like you, 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 you get paid well, you get paid well and you're the middle guy. Very well paid. And you know, mafia is very loyal. You know what I'm saying? So you mess with one of them, that's it. You know what I'm Anyway, he brings him the package. He says, here's the job. Here you go. I need you to take this money to this. That was, you know, after a year or two, he's, he's, he's rolling. Finally, he goes. And at one of his job sites where he went out, he gave the guy the money. The godfather opens up the, the, the thing. One second. And he says, I'm missing $10,000 in the suitcase. You stole it when you dropped it from that place to that place. He's like, what do you mean? I never opened it. Never opened it? You're going to get killed right now. And he went out, takes it, and all of a sudden, like, you know, his people are around. In the middle of the whole situation, a lady walks in. 
Who is this lady? It's one of the wives of the guys that were part of the mafiosa. And she comes in, she says, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? And all of a sudden, there was a pause for a second. This Jewish guy says, oh my goodness, he remembered out of flesh. He's like, what did the rabbi say to me? He said, before I left Israel two, three years ago, to what? That, that Moshe Rabbeinu's neck turned into stone and he didn't die? He says, Hashem, Hashem! He's thinking in his mind, Hashem, if you save me, I don't know how, but you saved Moshe. If you save me in this situation, I promise, he swore to Hashem, promised to Hashem, he will be religious to the utmost degree, to the top, he doesn't care. He said that. This lady says, you're killing this man? You know who this man is? You remember the earthquake 10 years ago in Japan? 10 years ago there was an earthquake in Japan. She looks at her husband and she says, this guy was the one who was on top of the mountain and when the mountain was shaking, he saved our son, grabbed him and our son didn't die because this man 10 years ago he saved us from the, from the earthquake. This is the man you want to kill. Where's your loyalty? Where's your loyalty to humanity? They put down the guns. They let the guy go. The guy ends up taking a trip to Israel, back to Israel, seeks the rabbi, says, Rabbi, put on my tefillin, I'm being religious, became religious. He says, what happened? He said, think about it. He said, 10 years ago, I saved their son from an earthquake. I only moved to Japan three years ago. Hashem saved me. Avotai. The Perkavot teaches us, our rabbis teaches us, even if there's a sharp sword. Imagine you have a guy putting a gun to your head and says, I'm going to kill you right now. Even a gun to your head. You know what you have to, you know, you know kind of, you're a Jew? You have to believe a hundred million percent that Hashem could save me right this second. There's people who have situations in life. They sit and says, oh, what's going to be? How am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? Whatever your situation you're in, you're not allowed to be afraid. You know, being fear, when you're afraid, it affects your health. You're afraid? Afraid from sin, yes. Be afraid to sin, yes. But afraid of a just situation, what's going to happen, this, that, da, 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 this already, you are running into emunah problems. You are running into problems where a person might say to yourself, excuse me, you're not allowed. You're Jewish? You're Jewish, yeah? You're not allowed to be afraid. You know why? Because even if there's a sword, it says, a sword sharp, it, the, the, if one says, I feel cherev chada, it didn't say, say cherev, by the way, it didn't say a sword. Cherev chada means a sharp sword on his neck, it says. Munach it's on his neck. That means he has a sharp sword, not a sword, a sharp sword, that means one, go, one slit goes like this, the guy dies, he's not allowed to give up hope. From Hashem. He's not allowed. Asur! You're Jewish? Sorry, buddy. This is the way you have to live. It's not sorry. It's a fortunate. That's the way you have to live. Because when you're Jewish, you know who's on our side? Hashem. You know, one time they made a joke. They made a whole thing. They made a, 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 how everybody was attacking Israel. You saw that one before? There was a picture of everybody attacking Israel. And then behind the scenes, you had Israel. And you had, um, um, you had a hand. And behind the hand, it said G-O-D. You mess with, you mess with Israel, you mess with God. You mess with God, you're done. Got that? You got that? A Jewish guy, you're a Jewish girl, you're not allowed to be afraid in life. I swear to be afraid in life. Even if there's a sword on your neck, 
it says you're not allowed to be afraid. You know why? Because Hashem is with us. Hashem loves us more than He loves, loves you. He loves you more than you love yourself. And if that's the case, we can never be afraid in our lives. Number two. We're not done.